0: Friends, if you had forgotten, you now know Jesus saves, Jesus saves. When I was um, praying about how to uh, address you this morning and what to share from God's word, you know, Mine is going everywhere. I knew we were having this wonderful time. And I want to remind everybody, of course, that the church is like a greenhouse for children. Spiritual greenhouse where they grow up, where they find love, where they recognize that it is a strong thing, not only for short little kind of aspects of life, but for all of life to be a part of God's family. I trust that when you say, I will, that what we meant by this is that what these children would find here is a loving family of God, a place to grow up, to be nurtured. What they find in their home, they'll find here even stronger. You can even say, I will, yes? We will, this is an important an important aspect of things. So I thought about maybe I should speak to you all about, about Deuteronomy chapter six, that old firm foundation, hear O Lord. Oh, hear O Israel, the Lord is one. And it goes on to talk about how to love the Lord with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and teach the children everywhere. Or oh, go to Mark chapter 10 where Jesus takes the little children in and blesses them. These will be a fantastic framework, but instead I thought, we will say, I will. The children's parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, and extended family, the church says, I will. So let us talk this morning and listen to what the Bible says when God says, I will. A powerful foundation for our ability to say, I will as well. The very first sermon that was preached as a Christian sermon. You don't count Jesus' sermons as Christian sermons in, in the strict sense of that term. Peter begins in chapter two of Acts. If you'll open your Bibles, you can follow also on the screen. And he quotes from a prophecy where God himself speaks and three times expresses, I will. There's so much to be said for this in terms of introduction, but I'm going to try to be somewhat brief this morning So let us read this text together, beginning verse 14 of the second chapter of the book of Acts. Peter stood up with the 11 and he raised his voice and addressed the crowd. This is on the day of Pentecost. 120 of them had been in the upper room. God had poured out his spirit upon all of them and they come out. And then Peter speaks, fellow Jews, and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will. and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I can rearrange that verse a little bit. The Lord says, I will save everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. Imagine this. The first Christian sermon begins with a prophecy. And it begins with three major I wills from God. I will pour out my spirit. I will show wonders. I will that all people be saved. If you have never met someone who has the power to create what he wills, let me introduce you to someone this morning. These words, I will, are spoken by the same who said, I will for there to be light, and there was light. I will from the expanse above to be separated from that below. Let there be sky. And see, I will, for dry ground to come up. And so it was. That same God now here says, I will. Almighty God, our Lord, Jesus Christ's Father says, I will. Let this happen. Maybe I can begin by putting things in focus for us. Maybe help us to see the grandeur of this in a a strong, powerful way. Simply by pointing to the very fact that these first words, after the outpouring of God's spirit, as the Christians step out to speak the first proclamation, begins by citing or quoting a prophecy. And not only are they beginning like that, it is kind of saturating the whole sermon. We find that this is what happens when God is fulfilling his promise. I will, he says. And why is this important that we see this fulfillment of what was promised? It is because it shows us that God cares. And this is bigger than little you and little me. This is God cares for all a world history. What happens is not pure coincidental as some will have it. God has given history, meaning, direction, purpose, and end. think about it a little bit, if God had not been involved in any way whatsoever and whatever happened would have been just kind of one thing coincidentally happening after the other and history is just nothing but just a series of unconnected or coincidental events, there would have been no way for a prophecy to be spoken years and years and centuries before. Well, this shows us that history is not a meaningless string of events. God has involved himself and brings meaning to history itself. You know, old cultures would just have history, history go back around and around and around. They drew it in a circle. When God steps in, we see clearly it is going somewhere. God is still involved friends that's true also of your lives that's true certainly also of our children's lives and it gives us hope it gives us confidence it gives us meaning never forget that the first Christian sermon and all true Christian proclamation since then underscores for us that God had given life, has given life meaning and purpose and direction. I know good and well how easy it is to turn things like this into a pure ritual. This is what we do after all. We don't do infant baptism because we're Baptists, so we do baby dedication. And some can come up and they can say words like, I will, easily, and then forget about them later on. But let us all hear this promise from God. When he says, I will, this is not a shallow, quick, promise. It is his desire. It is his promise that he will give your history even as well as world history direction and meaning and purpose. And because of that, friends, what you do matters. It matters. Can I say it again? It matters. First, I will. And actually, the original text says, it will happen that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That is God's will for your life. In one single event, all of world history was transformed. 120 men were cooped up in an upper room and God moved and he touched them and they stepped outside and nothing has ever been the same in all the world ever since. Friends, did you hear this? We are way more than 120 gathered right here this morning multiple times more than 120. And God poured out his spirit and they stepped out. They had heard, they had seen, they had felt when God says, I will pour out my spirit. You know, people are strange. Aren't they weird? We are. I'm weird. I mean, we're all just kind of strange. We can find people who will confirm and even claim in the strongest way that they believe that God can alter all of world history and change world events. They'll believe that God can guide and change nation after nation on the globe. But they cannot fathom even in their wildest imagination that he can change them. Is that you? We'll affirm all the big things but then when it comes to me I stand here before you friends to tell you that the God who says I will pour out my spirit can utterly and radically turn your life upside down and around in a way that points more strongly to him than you ever thought. I will pour out my spirit. Upon all flesh, I will baptize you. He will saturate you, if you will, with my own spirit. And it will change your life when it happens, friends. It will change the very radiance. It will give you a new fire in your life, a new certainty, a new conviction a new power. If you had never tried to stand face to face with God himself, never tried to be filled with his spirit, then listen to the one who says, I will pour out my spirit. And when it happens, Everything changes. I think we, we are quite aware of that our hearts change. Our thought patterns change. Our language changes. Our understanding of reality change. Our lifestyle will change. Our family life will change. Our marriage will change. Our relationship to our children will change. And on and on. Everything is changed by this. I think I'm not exaggerating or overstepping the boundaries when I say, oh my, how we need an outpouring of God's spirit in this place and in this world. But let's not talk about the world, let's talk about our place. If you read ever about the revival that swept through this country even, roughly about 100 years ago. You'll read stories about people who met God face to face with such power that they were forced on their knees. And people are writing and telling that when they got up, even their facial expression had changed. The way they related and spoke to other people had changed. What came out of them in every way had changed. I will pour out, God says, my spirit upon all flesh. And that is so comprehensive that it includes every last one of us. Did you see this? People will prophesy. That means that we will be able to speak, hear the will of God, and speak according to the will of God. To know his plans for our lives and to share it in the love of Christ. This is so comprehensive. If you keep your eyes in the text, you will see that all flesh. There's no even there's not even a An age kind of differentiation. Young people shall see visions. Old people shall dream dreams. Is that not what you want? It's what I want. Our translation doesn't even do full justice to what we have in the original text where it says, I will pour out of my spirit even if we only get part of god's spirit everything will change imagine the disciples they walked with jesus they heard him speak for 3 years they've seen him do all kinds of wonders they know or knew him far more intimately than most of us would, right? Yet, their lives were changed when they recognized that God creates what he says, and then when he says, I will pour out my spirit, that's a life-changing event. That will be true also this morning. Young people shall see visions Old people dream dreams. Even those for about whom or from whom it think this can't happen, even they are included. That's what verse 18 is all about. Even on my servants, both men and women. I will pour out my spirit. That's like saying we expect that through some kind of folks. Maybe those who are specially kind of related to God, even as priests and as people that are special related. But even those we don't expect, they will see that when God says all flesh, you're included. You are included. None of us can say. Well, he didn't mean me. And now look how the text continues ever so quickly I will show wonders. The emphasis here is on visibility. It is visible when God moves in someone's life. Peter. The same Peter who is preaching here in chapter 2 is preaching again in chapter 10. And he's doing so in a Gentile's house, not a Jewish house. And he's just trying to explain, called there by special circumstances, to explain to Gentiles, not God's people, but to Gentiles what God is doing. And in the midst of his sermon, he's interrupted by the fact that the Spirit fell on these people. Don't we all want that when we preach? But you have to ask yourself, how did he know? How could he know that? Maybe he wasn't in the Baptist church. No, I didn't mean that. It had to be because it was visible. Something happened. And Peter concludes from this, And he says, since so clearly God had visited with them, they had been baptized, saturated by the Spirit of God. What should hinder them in becoming full parts of the family of God? When they received the Spirit, it became visible. When God says, I will show wonders, he's saying, I will make it visible. It will move things both in heaven and on earth. Even heaven shall rejoice when someone finds the Lord, as we hear from other places. God's almighty power is so overwhelming that even when he just pours out of his spirit or from his spirit, it will impact both heaven and earth. Are you hearing this? I mean, we should be standing clapping and say, yay. This is an amazing, amazing kind of text. Both those who receive the spirit and those who observe that it happens, pay attention. That's God's will. Just like he's saying, I will show wonders. See, these things connect to our testimony, friends. It really does. I think too often we are finding it difficult to share our faith with others for in reality there's not much of a visible difference between the way we live, the way we speak, the way we relate to other people from those who have not received God's Spirit. You know, we say in other situations, what your heart is full of, your mouth will run over with, right? That's what really is in our hearts is what we can't stop speaking about. I've run into this all the time. I meet people I have never talked to before and in four seconds, we talk football or some other sport. You tell me, what were they thinking about? Well, it doesn't take much rocket science to figure that out. Not saying anything bad about that, just saying I'm too wise to say that, but you got me. But it is to say that it's impossible to be filled and saturated with God's presence without it showing off in the way we speak, what comes out, what we turn the conversation to as quickly as we can, and so on. So people, when they look at us, they don't just see, oh, he or she was courteous, he was kind, they were so gentle. But they see Jesus Christ and they hear a word about Him. I will show wonders in heaven and on earth. And then to the last point, and I Changed the wording of that ever so slightly, but it says the exact same thing. The Bible here says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Had it followed the same kind of wording, it seemed said, the Lord says, I will for everyone who calls on my name to be saved. And friends, that's the gospel. Every one, everyone can come to Christ. Everyone who receives and who are willing to hear and accept the gospel will come to Christ. Find salvation. The creator of this universe, the sustainer of all life, has determined that he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh so that everyone has the potential and the possibility of knowing him. Now and in the days and years to come, as you share, and it lasts into eternity. You wonder if it matters when we say I will? It matters, friend. But well, you know what matters even more that we listen to him who says, I will. God wills for all people to be saved. You know, this was spoken on the first day of Pentecost. Pentecost means the 50th day. It's seven weeks after Passover. Jews celebrated this all the time. So it's 49 days and then the 50th day, that day that follows. That Pentecost day that the Jews celebrated, they celebrated the giving of the law at Sinai. And they celebrated harvest, the first fruits that it could be seen. Now harvest will come. They brought first fruits. To the temple. Now you think God is just haphazardly choosing days. How meaningful. I don't think there's anything that can exaggerate the symbolism of this. That on that day. When God gave and the celebration of the Lord Sinai. God says here's the new way to know my will. I'm going to pour out my spirit. It's going to be very evident that the last days have begun. Because in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. It has begun. It's the first fruit of what is to come. That's a powerful connection. We deal with that sometimes on on Sunday nights. That's what that's about, connecting the dots in Scripture. But think about that for your life. You're part of God's will and purpose for this history. Don't squander it, friends. I'm going to ask everyone to stand. And I know there are some here that that just need to say, I need to connect with the Lord for the first time. I need to hear his, I will pour out my spirit. I want to invite you to come forward. I contemplated actually asking the whole church to step out and come forward and say, we need a new outpouring of God's spirit. We need it. We need it for our homes and for our city and for our lives, for our church." God wills I don't want to force these things because God will, mer- will work sovereignly in our lives please don't overhear and here, or just say this is not for me or I've heard a hundred sermons before I can sit I think I told you I met a person not too long ago who said I've stopped going to church I've heard all the sermons there are I don't need to hear anymore. I got one word for a person like that. How sad. How sad. God will pour out his spirit. One last word on that Pentecost. I was just thinking, should I step out? Should I come and pray and say, I need it, Lord. I need it. The old rabbi said about that Pentecost morning that it was important to emphasize that the, the... Law was given on the 50th day because it is still being received every day. How powerful is that, too, right? God poured out His Spirit, and we're still receiving it more and more. Would you come and lead us in a song. I'll lead us in a prayer and I'll invite everyone who hears God's call, they're talking their heart to come down and pray. Someone want to pray with one of us? We hear someone want to join the church? We'll be here. Plenty to talk to. But most importantly in this hour, speak to God. Father, I ask that we will hear the strength and the power of the Almighty saying, I will. May this I will be spoken on everyone who is here this morning. Amen.